welcome everyone to another episode of the Half Full Reviews Podcast. I'm your host DJ, and today I'm joined by Zeke. We're going to be talking about The Mandalorian. Uh, we're going to cover a little bit of recap from Season 1, but then we're going to be talking about Season 2. And today is November 28th, and so the fifth chapter of Mandalorian Season 2 just came out. And we're going to cover up to that point. But we'll warn you guys before we get into that uh, so that you guys can see any spoilers coming. Uh, we're going to start with Season 1. And before that, we're actually going to talk a little bit about what we've been up to gaming-wise and TV-wise and stuff like that. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into what we've been up to. Um, <clears throat> Zeke, um, welcome back for another episode. Um, what have you been up to? What have you been playing? And have you seen anything interesting on TV or movies or anything lately? Uh, well, I've been playing a lot of World of Warcraft. Shadowlands just dropped, so I've been. St I started the leveling process. I think I'm like level 54. I just got to the Necromancers. Probably doesn't mean anything if you're not playing. But yeah, I've been playing a lot of World of Warcraft, especially since our last podcast. We've been playing a lot, dungeons, things like that. Um, when it comes to video games, I haven't been doing too much else. My wife and I have been playing some Snapchat game. It's kind of like a. Oh, was that chef game? I don't know. There's like some chef games where you like you run around and you cook things and you deliver it to people and you know you make money and she likes those kinds of games. So we've been playing something like that on Snapchat. It's kind of like a mobile game, but we play together. Um, it's kind of fun actually. Um, but she's really been enjoying it and I've been enjoying it, enjoying it as well. Um, and then I think we we've been watching some some basic Christmas movies like on Netflix and Hulu. Some of the originals like I think Holiday was one of them. And then there was another one that was similar. Oh, it was... What is it? Happiest Season, which was actually very, very interesting. Uh, I, I really, We really enjoyed that one. How well. is, so Happiest Season and Holiday, are either one of them worth watching? Oh, um, I think Holiday's definitely worth watching. Or, I'm sorry, um, Happiest Season, I think, is definitely worth watching. Um, Holiday, I think, was... It, was... it wasn't, like, an amazing movie, but it was enjoyable. It was, like, a... Like if you like the Christmas like Hallmarky type things, you know what I mean? It's cute, it's funny, you know, kind of chick flicky, that kind of thing. And not in a bad way. It was enjoyable. We we enjoyed it. But I definitely think um, the other one. Oh shoot! What did I just call it? Holiday and. But yeah. Happiest, Happiest season. Thanks. That's my wife in the background. Um, okay. Okay. Season. That was a good one. Okay, so another good one, too, you can catch on Netflix is called The Princess Switch. And that's about a baker and a princess. They're both played by the same person, so they're supposed to like look alike because they're both played by the same actress. And then they switch places because one of them wants a break and the other one wants to see what royalty is like. And so they switch places. And last year, Princess Switch 1 came out, and this year, Princess Switch 2 came out, and you can watch them both on Netflix. And the second one, I won't spoil anything, so... But the second one continues off the first one, but this time there's three look-alike people instead of two. So, it's kind of funny. It's cute. It's like one of the... It's a romantic comedy. So, you know, lots yeah. of falling in love. And Chris, it all takes place around Christmas time. So, right. it's, it's a Christmas time romantic comedy. So, the, the Princess Switch, and then um, the, the two you were just talking about. So, Happiest Season, which is... I'll just give a quick overview of what it is. Happiest Season is... Uh, a couple, uh, a lesbian couple. They are uh, one of the one of them wants to go home with the other one for Christmas, and like when they get there, she realize, she decides to tell her that her parents don't know she's come out yet, and so it's like 
a very interesting look into like coming out stories, different types of coming out. Like there's a little bit of over like this specific one, but you know, I don't know. It's 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 good. It's well made. It's it's heartwarming. It's very interesting. There's really interesting dynamics between all the players. It has Kristen Stewart, I think, the Twilight girl in it, mm-hmm. and it has um, the girl who plays April in the um, uh, uh, anyways. It has some really good actors actresses in it. I really enjoyed it. My wife really enjoyed it. And then the other one is the Holiday, which is kind of like a the this guy and this girl decide that they're gonna just be dates for the holidays because what the girl always has an issue because she's the only one who doesn't ever bring anyone to all of her family events and the guy always ends up finding some crazy chick and doesn't work out right and so they decide that they're just gonna be date on the holidays and you know i'm sure you can guess how it ends but i could i probably could have guessed that plot from the title i feel in that one (laughs) exactly it's not the i mean it's 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 good but it's your it's it's you know you know what it is you know anyways so yeah those are the ones we've been watching and i think that's pretty much it for my what we've been up to not too we've, much at the moment we've besides the one i just mentioned um my wife's been watching a couple of our christmas movies and then we've been watching obviously the mandalorian which we're going to talk about and then we've also been watching chuck um and chuck is a really funny show i think it's on hulu i want to say um might be on amazon either way chuck's a funny show um i mean lots of seasons you know stays pretty entertaining funny the whole way um let's see i guess i have one more thing that i um but we've been watching we've been watching this show called like i want to say like animal kingdom or something if it's on disney plus it's really hard to miss it's in the national geographic session it's a it's about animal kingdom the zoo side of animal kingdom and like behind the scenes with the animals and like what's going on and like you know the stories of like them trying to make one make them mate and things like that and like you know or like so and so has like a you know a spot and the doctor has to check it out it, but it's very like it's very disney friendly like kid friendly there's no death there's no right this is disney like, plus they have a lot of behind the scenes stuff on there actually like this is we have parts yeah. they have they have this some is the animal kingdom behind the scenes which we love we enjoy because we really like animal things did you guys watch all the ones about the making of magic kingdom and about the making of the first park in california too we watched i think that was imagineers or something like that we watched a few a bit of that we didn't watch the full thing but we watched some of them yeah okay because those were really good too and also they have a behind the making of the mandalorian which is really entertaining oh i loved that one the gallery it's a gallery i think is what that's called or something like that yep that was good too all right so uh so video game wise you were playing world of warcraft you were talking about that um, you got that phone game going on. I've been playing um, World of Warcraft with you, and we have a, another friend of ours, Nick, who's been on the podcast recently. He's playing World of Warcraft. He talked a lot about it in the episodes that he was on, but there's a new expansion for World of Warcraft called Shadowlands, and we're going to be talking about that hopefully next week. So we're going to give ourselves a little bit of time to play it. We're going to give other people a little bit of time to play it, and then next week we'll be back to talk about Shadowlands. So stay tuned for that. Um, Aside from World of Warcraft, I didn't do it in my usual. I like to play Eve uh, casually um, and keep up on that. So we have a little corporation. We have a website for the corporation that somebody else made. That's pretty cool. I think it's called it's called tenor.org, I think. So it's like T-N-E-R dot org. And it's a website for the corporation and games. That's so pretty cool. Um, one of our players from South Africa put it together because uh, he builds websites as well. So... Him and me have bonded a little bit because we both are in that marketing world. We do digital marketing, social media, and building websites and stuff. So it's kind of cool. Um, that World of Warcraft, yeah, that's about it gaming-wise. So I've been pretty busy. 
uh, with, with real life work keeping me pretty busy lately um, in a good way. Um, let's see. I guess we'll jump right into the discussion this week. I don't think we need to do a news segment. We're going to have a lot to talk about The Mandalorian. Um, and we're going to keep this, this episode a little more straightforward to the point. So, you know, I'm ready if you're ready. I'm ready. Let's roll. All right. So let's go ahead and talk some Mandalorian. I'm not even going to do a an interruption. We're just going to go straight into it. So let's start talking about season one. Um, before we get started on that, let me just mention that on HalfFullReviews.com, I have a full breakdown of season one with photos and descriptions and everything you need to know that kind of spoils it one episode at a time. It's an episode by episode breakdown. Um, so that's kind of cool. It's a season one review, basically. So if you want to catch up, you can go back and skim this season one review of Mandalorian and it'll kind of catch you up episode by episode. So let's quickly go through a couple of those um, just to kind of to set the tone and get us talking. And then we'll talk about episode by episode, the latest five that just came out. So um, let's go all the way back to season uh, season one, episode one. That first episode, uh, Mandalorian uh, gets tasked with finding the child, right? And he... Uh, he meets, uh, I can't remember who he meets, but the little Ugnot, remember? And then he, they meet the assassin droid. Yes, and then they find a child did, on that desert yeah. planet. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. That was a good one. That was a good one. I, I think Mandalorian kind of, it took me by surprise. Like, I knew that people like you and me would enjoy it. But I didn't realize other people outside of that would enjoy it, you know? It's well made. It, they did a really good job with it. I've noticed they've returned to, like, some of the original what made the original Star Wars a little bit more popular, where, like, they don't explain everything outright. Like, there's no person that's like, oh, that's so-and-so from blah, 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 that's giving you, like, all this exposition. They just kind of expect you to, like, figure it out. It's very visual. They give you visual cues of, like, this is what's going on. And, you know, by, like, slow panning across, you can kind of figure it out in your head. They leave, and I like that about it. And I think they definitely leave a lot just... unknown, and there's so much stuff that's hidden that yeah, you and me too, pick yeah. up on. And then there's stuff that I can... I've watched a couple of YouTube recaps, and they'll tell me stuff that I missed. And I'm... You and me are pretty much hardcore Star Wars fans, so if we even miss a couple things sometimes, there is a lot packed into the episode. But then I watch it with people like my sister-in-law, because um, uh, Paige and, and my sister-in-law, they watch it too. And so sometimes we get together and watch an episode like the last week's, not this week's. And she really... Can, she misses just about everything. You know, she understands that it's a bounty hunter and a child, but... She does not get any of the references or any of the side characters that come in. She doesn't know any of the backstory for anything. So it's really just a TV show that is fun to watch. Um, so I, I've gotten that perspective recently for it. And, and I'm surprised that so many people like it that come from that background. Um, I guess it, it is well made. Like you said, it's just, you know, it's a sci-fi. And usually sci-fi shows or sci-fantasy shows, they, they don't tend to have that big of a following. So yeah, not in comparison I, yeah, to I something think... that's mainstream. Like I said, I give it credit to the makers. I think they made it well, and I think that's why it's it's latching on to a lot of people. That plus, it's got like some key hooks, like the child and things like that. That in the the comedy element, I think is really good and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so okay, let's keep going. Um, the second one, the second episode was Jawas, and the Mandalorian is talking to Jawas, and then he has to kill that beast for them, and that's the first time you you see Baby Yoda uh, use the Force. And he stops the beast from killing Mandalorian, basically. Mando? Yes. All right. Yes. So, we'll kind of pound through these just to kind of refresh our memory. But let's see. Chapter 3, um, he works for his ex-boss. And I think they have to break somebody out of prison. They go on oh, to a Republic ship. 
like a, a a resistance ship and they break the guys out of prison and it doesn't go well and they use mando's ship and then chapter four was the cool one with the atst can't forget that one Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed that one. That's the one where he kind of has, like, a little mini love flick, too, with that girl that everyone likes, which was really fun. Yeah, and he almost decided to stay, and they thought about maybe raising a family, and we start to see that he's kind of attached to the to the child a little bit more. All right, chapter 5, he goes to Tatooine for the first time and meets the, the, the crazy lady who helps him fix up his ship all the time. And yeah, he's... I, think, I think she's a um, Saturday Night Live person, I think. Uh, okay, well, then they, they go on a bounty hunting mission, um... Number six. Oh, wait, I confused the earlier episode, but that's okay. We're going to keep going. Number six is the one where they bust people out with the Twi'lek. Yeah, number, number three was, I think, still finishing up where he rescues the child from after he gives oh, the child yeah. over and gets all the Baskar. He has to go rescue the child. That's where you... You're right. And, and he busts his way out and, and Mandalorian's help him. Have, like, that epic flying scene where they all come to his rescue and like, pew, 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 pew. They're like shooting up the city. Like, the most yep. epic, one of the most <clears throat> epic episodes of the whole season. Yep. Yep, you're right. All right, chapter seven. Then they come back, um, and they meet the characters. That, um, you know, all of them come together to pretend that they captured the Mandalorian. That's that's the second to last episode, and they kind of bring him in. And then the last yeah. episode, they actually fight the Empire, and that's where we see the dark saber and Gideon and the Tie Fighter crash and all that. And then it wraps up, and that's their season two starts. Yeah, I. I think it's interesting, um, I don't know if you've ever watched the Clone Wars or Rebels, but sometimes they'll have, like, like three-part or two-part episodes, you know? I kind of think the first three are kind of like a part one, a part two, and a part three almost, in a sense. <laughs> Did you see where Dave Filoni showed up in an X-Wing? In season? Yeah. That was funny. He yeah. put himself in it as an X-Wing pilot. He comes back in, in the next season, too. Is he? Is he in that one too? Is, when he's chasing the Mandalorian? Is, I didn't know if he was one of them or not. I didn't catch it. I think, I'm pretty sure he was. I, I'm pretty sure he was. And they definitely have a couple, a couple people come back from the older movies and stuff. Um, and, and and from some of the people from the Clone Wars, I think even. Yeah, and one thing that's notable too is a lot of this, like, the prominent side characters that show up are all like pretty famous people usually. Like Even if you can't see them through like the... Um, like the guard that they dressed them up in essentially but i'm not really good with actor and actresses names but i know a lot of these people and i'll hear their names and like i i hear about them on other podcasts and things and there's they're, they're getting some pretty good um pretty big names and stuff like that in some of these side roles yep all right so let's jump into season two here uh the first episode was directed by john favreau the guy who did lots of the Marvel series, launched the Marvel series with Iron Man, and did the Jungle Book and other anime. He's done so much for Disney, and he's doing the Mandalorian. He's the guy behind Mandalorian, basically. The the lead um, creative guy who's creating the universe, basically. He's also the uh, Iron Man, first Iron Man 1 director as well. Right. Um, right. So, he did the first episode called The Marshal, where we meet Cobb Vanth, who has Boba Fett's armor, and he helps Cobb along with the Tusken Raiders. Oh, I should probably, um, warn, warning here, guys. We're going to get into spoilers for Season 2. So now we're transitioning into spoilers for Season 2. So if you don't want to hear about it, we're going to talk really in-depth. We're not going to hold anything so, back. FYI, we're going to also talk uh, uh, some slight spoilers for, like, Rebels and Clone Wars things, too, That because those kind of come into play a bit um, for some of the more, like, side things that will kind of help explain if someone missed it or whatnot we'll try to catch them on some of that stuff yeah and we're gonna try to go a little bit into um 
from memory, I'm not going to Google search everything. I could, and then we kind of refresh memory, but we're going to go off of our own memory of Expanded Universe and kind of plug in some of these extra characters that come up and give you guys a little bit of, you know, in case you are someone who's not a hardcore Star Wars fan, um, then you might you might be missing a few things. We'll try to point out the things that we've caught along the way. Um, but there's also some great YouTube videos you can catch too that catch you up on this kind of stuff, like all the little Easter eggs you might have missed that they, they put in there. So one of them, for instance, let's go back to Boba Fett's armor and Cobb Vanth. Cobb Vanth is actually an expanded universe character um, who does... From I, the book The Aftermath. Right, who does... Which is the first book in a series of three that helps bridge the gap between episode six and episode... Yeah, episode six and episode seven. <clears throat> yeah, so he has a different, a slightly different storyline in the original Expanded Universe, but it's close enough. Um, it's very cool to see him make an appearance, and I like that they brought back Boba Fett's armor. Um, we also got to see more Tusken Raiders in interaction with them and, like, see them more as, like, uh, uh, sentient species. Uh, like a, you know, I don't want to say human, but they were more human because they're not human. But they, you know, they interacted and talked and showed us them eating around the fire and stuff so we got to see more of that which i thought was cool i yeah i did too i'm gonna be honest i really thought that was a cool idea though the whole how, fact how like he communicates with them and you get to see this whole other side to them where they're like like a sympathetic side like i feel like in a lot of other things they've always been seen as like monsters but he's and, and, and even you know in there you know Cobb Vance was <clears> in the, the the city all saw them as like monsters but like for the one of the first times it feels like that I can that I know of, you know, it, they um, they were kind of showing like a more sympathetic side, like a they you know side to them, which I just thought was amazing. I really enjoyed that. So let's talk. So let's let's, let's wrap up this first episode, and then let's talk a little bit of backstory for it. So basically, Vanth has Boba Fett's old armor, and Mando's looking for another Mandalorian. So he finds him, finds out he's not a Mandalorian. He just bought the armor off some Jawas, and he needs his help to go team up with some Tusken Raiders or something and get rid of, or he needs his help getting rid of Tusken Raiders and the Tusken Raiders need help getting rid of a Krayt Dragon or something like that. Anyways, they all work together to kill this giant Krayt Dragon. We get to see a Krayt Dragon, we get to see um, a big battle, we get to see a Krayt Dragon Pearl when they kill the Krayt Dragon. They pull a pearl out of it. And we also get to see Boba Fett's armor as well as we get to see Boba Fett himself looking over the sand dunes so it confirms that Boba Fett's still alive at the end of the episode. Um, and we can piece this together because the guy who's playing the old Boba Fett is the same guy who played Jango Fett in the original uh, prequel trilogy. Same actor. They brought him back. So he plays the clone troopers and Jango Fett, and they brought him back to play Boba Fett because he's like an older version of Boba Fett. Yeah, kind of worked out nice, aging-wise. <laughs> yeah, it did. It kind of worked out together. So let's jump back into this quick, and let's do the backstory on Jawas and Sand People, Tusken Raiders, where they come from. So go way, 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 way back, thousands of years. Um, Suzerka Corporation came to Tatooine when it was a beautiful, lush, green world, and they mined it to death, turned it into a desert. And so the Jawas uh, decided to adapt and evolve, and they lived on the surface. And I'm sorry, reverse that. They lived uh, underground. They went into caves. And the Tusken Raiders lived on the surface. And so they had to develop uh, stuff to help them breathe or something. Anyways, years and years went by, and they became mortal enemies, and that's how the Tuskens and Jawas came to be on Tatooine. Um, they both evolved from the same pre-species, but when they split and some of them went underground, some of them went in the overworld to survive what Suzerka had done to Tatooine. Um, that's how they came about. Interesting. Yeah, is that all? That's all um, technically, technically like legacy, right? That hasn't. None of that's been confirmed as like new canon yet. No, but it it comes. Lots of it comes from. Um, 
comics that were done in more recent years, and some of it comes from comics done since Disney bought it. So it's not like old stuff. Lots of it was comics done more recently since Disney's yeah. owned it. So it could it could be canon. Either way, you know, I don't think they'll ever go back and change that because they who cares? Well, one thing I like with how they what they do is is they have at least in some of the more recent stuff that isn't like officially like there's like a list of things that are like officially official, you know, by like Disney. And there's yeah. been some recent things that haven't been like the Obi-Wan book and stuff like that and the Ahsoka book was technically canon, but then they went and remade it in, in the Clone Wars. And one thing, a trend I've been noticing is they're pretty good at like pulling at least some of the old stuff and just ma- helping it to like fit and maybe changing it slightly, but pulling a lot from the old stuff. So I, like, like for instance, the Great Dragon Pearl in in this the first episode. That's something that's been brought from before. That's been known about Great Dragons before. That they just kind of brought and like reintroduced essentially. Yeah, Great Dragon Pearls have always been valuable. Some of them are used for lightsaber crystals in expanded universe. Um, and they were also and there's some video games out there like Star Wars Galaxies where you can actually go hunt crate dragons and get pearls from them um so that's really cool in knights of the little republic there's actually a scene just like this show which they pulled from where you have to help the the tuscan raiders pull the crate dragon this is literally the same scene you pull the crate dragon out of a cave and you plant mines underneath it and it blow up on its belly and then you have to kill it um and you bait it out with banthas. Literally the exact same thing happens in this episode. That happens in the first Knights of the Old Republic. That's how you kill the Great Dragon. And inside there's a star map that you get to help you find the forge. That's actually, that's interesting. I didn't remember that. But, I mean, I, I've played that before, but I didn't never made the connection. But, yeah, that's definitely... <clears throat> and um, you go to the Tusken Raider village and you meet they, them and you find out that they're people and you talk to them. The whole thing asked, is literally a play-by-play. <laughs> yeah, the Mandalorian went to the... Raiders and they asked how do you kill a great dragon and they're like oh this is how you do it and it's almost like they've done it before you know what i mean like they know how to like this is because they've lived there forever like, yeah yeah and like you know their ancestors have maybe killed it this way you know yep kind of passed down that's pretty neat yeah all right all right so let's jump to chapter 10 which is called the passenger peyton reed directed it um still written by john favreau john favreau almost wrote all of these except the last one we're going to talk about um but this one is... thing that might be just a caveat real quick. I think it's important to say, so they're, they're doing chapter 10, but it's technically like season two, episode two. So like we're gonna, we might be mentioning chapters, but like they, they continued the chapter numbers into the new season without starting over. Yeah, so that's interesting, I think, that they did that. So I just kind of caught that now as we were looking at recaps because for some reason I thought that they started back at one, two, three, four, five, but it looks like from the synopses I'm looking at that they might've just continued those numbers. They did. You, you, we, I noticed when, because I was like trying to find the first episode, I'm like, chapter nine, what? <laughs> yeah. So uh, so this is the one where the X-Wing fighter pilots try to arrest Mandalorian ship because he's chugging through space. Um, and he's got the frog lady with the last of her kind and eggs. And she's trying to, you know, lots of people wanted this to be Bosk's species and her husband to be Bosk. They thought that'd be a cool throw in because um, Bosk is like a lizard bounty hunter. But it was not that. She was just a random frog lady. And along the way, Baby Yoda tries to eat her eggs. Um, and that I think everybody got a really big kick out of that. That was pretty funny. I don't think there's anything else really super to note in I this one. I want to point something out real quick. So when the X-Wings approach him, they want him to, like, to, to like show him, like, his... Uh, it's kind of... I, I think it's kind of... His like transponder signal. 
transponder is probably like a equivalent of like a driver's registration essentially mm-hmm. like a driver's like a car registration you know it's the so ship ID, yeah the ship id and everything he's got to be registered and everything and they know he doesn't want to give it to them he's pretending it doesn't work because he knows that they know his his transponder from the first season when he broke into the jail with the guys they used his ship to break into the jail so once as soon as he does that they recognize that his ship that's what happens there that's why he's like all like uh uh, it's not working, you know what I mean? Like, you yeah, know, and they're kind of like the police. You know, you're either in Empire space or you're in New Republic space. And no matter which space you're in, there's Popo there who want to arrest you and Well, that's another interesting thing is they, these, this is New Republic and they've been, they're in the Outer Rim. They're, they're kind of out of their jurisdiction trying to like police the whole galaxy a little bit, which is kind of beyond the power that they have and beyond the resources that they have, which is kind of interesting. It really is, yeah. They're spreading themselves very thin, so... And then, yeah, but but they're actually, actually they're in a strong point because this predates episode nine, so the first order hasn't destroyed Coruscant yet. So Coruscant's still around, and they've basically the New Republic has basically taken over the galaxy again. So they're actually strong right now. This is before the first order. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. So let's jump into the next episode. This one is my favorite one so far up until last night's, um, which I think might be tied for this one. I know it sounds crazy. I know everybody loves Ahsoka from the last night's episode, but Okay, I like the Death Watch, and I like Mandalorians, and this one... Bo-Katan, I mean, Bo-Katan's cool, though. So, yeah, so, so Bo-Katan, <laughs> we'll jump into this, basically, Mandalorian um, is looking for Mandalorians again, he's looking for them, gets himself in trouble, and he gets rescued by three Mandalorians who are part of the Death Watch, who's led by Bo-Katan, which is a throwback to the Clone Wars, because Bo-Katan is part of the Death Watch when Obi-Wan goes and meets the original Mandalorian queen on Mandalore, and they get in trouble... And then a couple episodes later, and then another season later, and Darth Maul's there, and all this bad stuff's happening. And Bo-Katan betrays the Death Watch, um, breaks, splits the Death Watch in two, and saves Obi-Wan and the Queen. And if you want to hear about all that in great detail, just go watch it for yourself. But Bo-Katan's basically a good Mandalorian, who is also part of the Death Watch. And it turns out now, all these years later, she's still part of the Death Watch, so maybe she leads them. We don't really know. It doesn't explain so she's so so from the rebels i don't know if you you watch the rebels but from the rebels it's some more <laughs> added to her and she's the rightful heir to the the mandalore the, the, she mentions it she, she when she introduces herself she is the rightful heir to mandalore the ruler of the mandalorians and she's trying to i think she's trying to free the homeworld from the purge whatever that is that we, we don't know a lot about that they, they still haven't told us a lot about the purge and what that is but something happened to the Mandalore, and she is trying to. She kind of explains this in the thing. She's trying to, like, you know, rally back and get forces and, and arms and, like, free her homeworld and restore the Mandalorians to, like, you know, a civilization. <clears throat> so I thought that was really interesting how they're tying in all that to it. And so she's she's actually a really key character at the moment. Yeah, she's super cool. Um, <laughs> I know you just heard me talking there. I think I confused you. I muted my mic, so it won't come through on the podcast and for everyone else. So, ah, no worries. Um, <clears throat> yeah, she's really cool, and you should go back and watch her. I did not see the Rebels part you're talking about. Um, I didn't watch a lot of Rebels, only bits and pieces. Um, oh, then I'll give you a little recap. So there's a Mandalorian main character. She's a girl in the Rebels, and so there's different houses of in, in of the Mandalorians, and the house that she mentions um Bo-Katan mentions she's a part of is the ruling family of the Mandalores, like the rightful heirs essentially to the Mandalorians 
and there's a whole there's a whole bunch of like backstory some really cool episodes on mandalore with mandalorians um in the rebels that you should go back and check out but there's a ton of backstory to it additional backstories so not only is she she's first introduced in the clone wars comes back in the rebels and it's just it's some some good stuff so i'd, I'd recommend you know maybe doing a google search and, and figuring out what episodes to go back and watch because they're kind of standalone in a lot of ways that's cool so i this is going to be kind of cool so I'm, I'm starting to realize that uh, by our knowledge combined you know we are captain planet we can give you a little deeper insight into lots of this stuff here because you seem to know some stuff i don't know and i'm going to throw add to what you were just talking about and say that if you go into knights of the old republic again back to the video game series that was really popular and the reason why i'll I, I think it's even worth mentioning is because the rumors are is that Disney is actually going to make a movie or some sort of series set in that timeline. So Knights of the Republic might be coming to the big screen in some form or fashion. So lots of this might actually get tied into more canon, um, which and even if it doesn't, um, Expanded Universe still gives you a lot of flavor and background to Mandalorians and what's, you know, the houses and stuff like that. So Random side note, there's a new series, a uh, book series coming out that's kind of in the... Um... The High Republic era is what they're calling it, and I kind of hope they touch on Mandalorians and go into a little bit of like that kind of like Mando stuff back then. That would be really neat too. I think like maybe a different era of like Mandalore being prosperous and like Mandalorians running the gal, you know, running around the galaxy and stuff like that. Yeah, that would be cool. I, I'm down to see any of that. So so far, everything they're putting out is great. So I'm down to yep. watch whatever they put out. You know. Um, yep. So Knights of the Republic two, you go to a there's a couple planets near Mandalore that are not Mandalore because the Mandalorians have basically been kicked off Mandalore for the most part. And that's because the Jedi and the Mandalorians fought a big war. And the Jedi basically... <clears throat> what happened was the Mandalorians were trying to take over the galaxy. That's what happened. The Mandalorians got really big and they started making these flying ships out of Beskar. They had like Beskar flying spaceships, I think. And really advanced weaponry. And they were trying to take over the universe. And so the Jedi yeah. stepped in and said, no, no. Mm-hmm. The cool thing is, is, is technically KOTOR, is, like the Knights of the Republic stuff, is all non-canon, but they bring it in and make it relevant mm-hmm. with the whole sense that, like, they mention that the the Jedi are a race. Like, it, you see it in the recap, and it's it's from season one, where she's telling the Mando how um, the Jedi are a race that used to, like, ancient enemies, essentially, of the Mandalorians. And it's true, they have, and, and that's what DJ's talking about, like, the KOTOR, Back in the the Knights of the Republic era, they were war, they were basically warring factions. Them, this it was the Mandalorians, the Sith, and the Jedi. You know, in the like Jedi slash Republic. You know, mm-hmm. so, so like, that all ties in. So yeah, so back back to Knights of the Republic two. Then, so what you do is you end up going to these planets, kind of like Mandalorian, but the Mandalorians have scattered, and the guy who claims to be Mandalore is there. He joins your party and he trains you as a Mandalorian. You're a Jedi, but you study with the Mandalorians to kind of improve your combat skills and you help them do some stuff and then you help them take back a planet and get back in charge of a planet um, that they also have settled. That's it's not Mandalore, but it's important to them still for some sort of ancestral reason. It's been a long time since I played, but you do get to see a Mandalore there and you get to see a lot of their culture in both the Nice Republic games, the second one more so. Um, and that was cool. It kind of reminded me because you were talking about Mandalore himself, like the ruler, which is weird because that is interrupted during the Clone Wars series when they have a queen of Mandalore. Um, instead of an actual Mandalore, they have a queen. So that that's because of all the different break-offs and politics and stuff that happened in Mandalorian past when they're a war culture and then they're not a war culture. And then Yeah, so more on that, there's... Um, so, 
yeah, so in the, the Clone Wars time frame, they, they kind of were moving more towards a peaceful, a little bit away from the traditional Mandalorians, and that's one of the things that Bo-Katan mentions about Mandalore being a part of like a more radical cult following that is more close to Death Watch, what Death Watch kind of was, which is kind of sort of pulling back to the roots of of Mandalorians about like a warring race who are, you know, built on war and kind of stuff like that. And Bo-Katan's sister, who was the queen you were just talking about from the Clone Wars, kind of brought in a more, more peaceful era. And so there's always been that ba- that battle of like the old way, which is like the more violent warring civilization, and the new way, which is in trying to find like a, a balance between the two, which they brought into this with the, the, the cult, like the way, you know, this is the mm-hmm. way, kind of um, that uh, the more radical group that she was meant that Bo-Katan mentioned in that episode as like oh you're part of them you know what I mean like, and mm-hmm. so that was kind of interesting I'm really curious where they go with this and how they end up developing it and maybe combining you know and you know I, I kind of want you know the Mando to you know kind of join with the Mandalorians a little bit more in Bo-Katan I think that would be really neat yeah it's cool they're, they're taking it in good places so I'm excited to see um where they, where they keep going. They haven't made any bad decisions yet. So, All right, all right the next episode is called The Siege. It was directed by Carl Weathers, again, written by John Favreau. But um, we get reunited with characters from Season 1, Cara Dune and Grief Karga, which are the female and male characters uh, that Grief help. Grief Karga is played by the director. One of the directors. No, the one that you just mentioned. Carl. Of this oh, he's Carl. Carl. Carl, yeah. That oh, is you're right, Karga. yeah. Carl Weathers is Grief Karga. Cool. And then Cara Dune, um, she's awesome too. She's an ex-MMA fighter, I think. Or uh, not MMA. Uh, Gina, MMA. yeah, Gina Carano, and she's a martial artist. Yeah. An actress. Yeah, I think she's um the WNBA, like, right? The I think the NBA, or, what? no, it's... it's Mixed martial arts, the, MMA. The fighting probably. group. Yeah, something. I don't know. She's some fighter. It's well, really cool, though. She plays a rebel shock trooper turned mercenary. Grief Karga plays some, like, leader of the Bounty Hunters Guild. They're from Season 1. We we reunite with them, and Mando helps them accomplish, um, get rid of an Imperial base. And in the process, they find out that there's Imperial cloners there who are trying to uh, replicate, it looks like clones and tubes, and they're trying to experiment with the child's blood, the baby Yoda's blood. And I think, if you have any theories, I'd like to hear them here, but I think my theory is, with this episode, is that they're trying to use Baby Yoda's blood to create stable clones for the Emperor. And these some yeah. of these clones turn into Snoke and etc. Yeah, my guess is it's like a Sith army type. You know what I mean? Like the <clears throat> force sensitive troopers. Well, remember they had, they're trying to make a, a body to contain the Emperor's spirit. And there's tons of failed clone experience in episode nine in the final Star Wars film that just came out. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure I'm yeah, I I, I'm not sure if they're gonna take it that way or if they're just gonna like I I don't know I'm not sure how they're gonna do it. I'm curious to find out I like I said I think I, I think, think Moff might... Gideon and the Grand Moss are trying to bring back the Emperor I think that's what they're trying to do they're trying to make a stable body for him to bring him back I think that's what the overarching story of this is oh yeah that that would be interesting I mean I'm not sure this is gonna I think this is like a side story of the Mandalorian but yeah I think we're gonna get more to this it's like a side plot yeah well Mo- moff gideon out. keeps coming back in and in the past the moths in expanded universe the moths actually did try to bring back the emperor that was the thing they actually tried to do in expanded universe so i'm not pulling that one out of my butt oh that's cool um, i didn't know that yeah so they were very obsessed with ancient relics like darth vader's glove 
um, and dark saber <clears throat> and his helmet and the dark saber and everything. They were always obsessed <laughs> with ancient relics and stuff. Um, I think I heard there's a Mara Jade movie or spinoff coming out too, or some sort. That would be oh, interesting. That'd be really cool. So, but the moths, which is going to play into the next one with grand admirals and moths and things like that, they're all very expanded universe, and there's so much to go into there. Where lots of these characters come from that, and uh, and that's when they're trying to rebuild the empire after the second Death Star blew up. So that's a question I've been asked a lot recently too. Was wh- when does this take place? And then I get asked that multiple times, and then like three weeks later, sometimes when I'm talking to people, the same person will ask me again. Wait a second, when did this take place? <laughs> Yeah, you know, like people just are trying to place this in their head where it happened, and so in one of the nice things about this, and one of the things I think it's so popular is like you don't have to know all this random cool backstory, but it's so cool if you do know some of the even not even all of it, but just some of it. You know, you see something and it's like, oh, I know what that is from. You know, and and it's they did a really good job of still making it like you don't have to know all this stuff about the Mandalorian. She introduces herself, and you can kind of get what you need to know from that, where she's like the rightful heir, and she's you know trying to do some you know you know take over mandalorian again and free it from the empire essentially mm-hmm. yeah so um let's see we we're, we're starting to realize that um oh moff gideon has that dark saber and we forgot to mention but bo katan's trying to get that dark saber that moff gideon has so it ties them together also moff yeah. gideon's working on some weird clony stuff with the child trying to do something and then we move into the next episode where mando goes to the planet Corvus, I guess. So he's sent there by Bo-Katan to find Ahsoka. And everyone's like, what? Ahsoka, we love Ahsoka. She's like one of the best Star Wars characters. Woo-hoo. So they go there and immediately we're like, I thought going into last night's episode, I was like, well, they're probably going to show us her at the very end or something like they do sometimes. Or I saw a screenshot of the owl, um, which we'll talk about in a second. And I thought, well, maybe and it'll end with us seeing this owl that's a friend of Ahsoka, and we won't actually see Ahsoka. But nope. This, the, it opens up, and all of a sudden, there's white lightsabers swinging everywhere, and Ahsoka's just killing everybody. Like, almost like Dark Jedi-esque. Dark Jedi-esque. Like, she's definitely not your average Jedi. She's just going to town on these guys and slicing them into pieces um, as the start of the episode. And then Mando comes there, and he gets hired to find her, but the joke's on them because he's already trying to find her and then they end up working together and freeing some people again like they normally do in most of these episodes they usually help people um and then we hear at the very end of the episode um the name grand admiral thrawn comes up because that's who ahsoka's looking for and so now we need to talk back up a little bit we need to talk about ahsoka we need to talk about the owl and we need to talk about grand admiral thrawn and that'll bring us up to date on where we are and mandalorian we're gonna have to do another episode in the future to do the the last few episodes i think there's it looks like there's three more episodes i'm looking at so there's three more coming out on december 4th 11th and 18th so right around christmas time we'll do one more episode on mandalorian and wrap up these episodes we're missing but let's go ahead and wrap up this last chapter 13 here at the jedi zeke go ahead take it away what anything you want to talk about with this episode uh yeah so grand animal thrawn actually i um he's i don't he's from the rebels well so he's he's from the expanded universe but they brought him back in the rebels to a prominent role he was like one of the main bad guys that uh that was tasked with hunting down there was two jedis that are main characters in the rebels um and And if you want to see his his whole story um in expanded universe you can read the thrawn trilogy which is deemed the best star wars books ever written there's a trilogy there's three of them and it's all about him but if you want to see a canon version 
you can go and read the book called Thrawn. And that was written underneath Disney's supervision and talks all about him too. And it ties in a lot of those other three books into it, but it kind of leaves out some stuff too. And they kind of rechange his story a little bit. But there's yeah, which is kind of follows suit with how they've been adopting like new canon. They've kind of been like pulling a lot from the old stuff, but kind of just modifying it to fit this new universe that's like all tied together. But anyways, so yeah, Thrawn is really prominent, um, an admiral in uh, for the Emperor, and at the end of the uh, the Rebel series, he disappears and nobody knows where he goes, as along with uh, one of the Jedi's who I think weird I, I think is going to come back um as potentially baby yoda's master when she when they go and do this thing that happens at the end of the episode where ahsoka basically tasks mando with going out to a temple and um maybe finding uh, a you master for baby right yoda. so she's like she's ahsoka tells mando to take the baby take him to an old jedi temple put him up on a stone and he'll reach out with the force and that if there's any Jedi Masters that hear him, they might choose to come train him. It's like an old Jedi religion thing that, like, you can, you know, find a Master that way. And then the other Jedis would know what it means. They'd be drawn to him through the Force, which is kind of cool. Um, on Grand Admiral Thrawn, though, he's a Chiss. So he's blue skin, red eyes. And what's really weird about him is he's a Grand Admiral. He's, like, one of the highest ranking in the Imperial Army. Um, he was one of the Emperor's chosen few that was very close to the Emperor. And... The Chiss come from the unknown regions of space, and if you go to the new Star Wars movies that came out, where the Emperor has been hiding out in the unknown regions of space, Grand Admiral Thrawn is from there, and so is his entire species. So they are actually tying this in, even though they haven't said exactly all of that. They've laid enough of the groundwork on both of these stories to kind of put them together, and which means that they all come from that same region. That's where everyone's hiding out. They're hiding out with the Chiss and the Chiss species. Uh, and that's where the Emperor was hiding out, and he comes back to try to, with the First Order, to try to take everything over. And Grand Admiral Thrawn plays a big part in that, um, because Grand Admiral Thrawn came from there originally, um, and he works closely with the Emperor. But what's really weird about it is the, the Empire, the Empire is very racist all throughout Star Wars. Um, they hate aliens and anyone that's not human. Um, and it's, it's... That's odd because Grand Admiral Thrawn is so high up, he's one of the only ranking officers that high that's an alien. Um, but that's how special he was to the Emperor, basically. Um, and Yeah, in, in the Rebels you get to see a lot of his, like, uh, strategical genius and his, like, uh, his, like, strategy and war strategy and, and maneuver, like, you know, his intelligence side of it, which is very cool, I think. He's a really, really cool bad guy he's one of those bad guys you kind of you kind of root does for, he have know? a Ooh, he's really cool does he have a yisalamari creature that hangs out on him in the, those episodes i'm sorry i don't remember well there's a little a little Goodness, there's a little furry creature that's like a like a mink minx or something like, or like a little like half snake half squirrel thing that crawls around on him and it makes a bubble around itself it's a creature that makes a bubble around itself that the force can't be used in so you can't sense into it. You can't use the force around it. It's an anti-force creature. So Jedi yeah, I don't recall that from the Reb from Rebels. So. That was always his pet and his thing, and he usually had a few of them, I think. So that was kind of Grand Admiral Thrawn's thing. So maybe I'm hoping maybe we get a throwback when he comes into this that we actually get yeah, to see that. Yeah, bring it back. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be cool. cool. So <clears throat> um, this episode also featured um, Beskar Steel from the person that's uh, Ahsoka is trying to kill Ahsoka, and Ahsoka's trying to kill her. Because she's Grand Moff Tark, Grand Moff Gideon's, I don't know, sidekick or something. 
And she has no, this Beskar steel thing. At the end, she's been working for Admiral Thrawn. That's what she's been working for. That's oh, Thrawn, Thrawn, not Gideon. Thrawn. You're right. She said she was working. For, like she's like, who's your boss? It's like Admiral Thrawn. Yeah, there we go. So that that's where I knew. All right, so that's where he came in. They have this Beskar steel thing. That's cool. We get to see again. We get to see when Ahsoka tries to attack Mando at the first and before they become friends. She just like, tries to slice him up, and he's blocking it with his armor. Which, again, is so cool, because I've been saying to everyone who's been watching it with me for the last season and a half, uh, his armor stops lightsabers, you know? Because they don't really show you that until now, but it does. He can just straight up, he could chop his helmet, and it won't go through, um, because it's made of Beskar or whatever. So that's cool, we get to see more of that, and how resistant, how powerful his armor actually is. Which I think is a really cool part of the Mandalorian. Like, it was never really drilled that much into it in all the Star Wars universe and all the movies and all the expanded universe, never has it really been shown how powerful, what makes a, Mandal a Mandalorian so powerful. It's the armor because it's yeah. laser proof. In the, videos, in the videos, it's never really been shown. Like in, in movies and in sh things, it's never really been shown, I think. But I think in like series and in the, in like, you know, KOTOR and all that kind of stuff, it's, it was much more prominent. But yeah, that's really cool. I like, I agree. I think that's cool how they're bringing it back. Yeah, they're, they're really, really showing it like it's so valuable that if someone because people try to kill mando all the time in the show and they want his armor and that's why and then the first season first episode of this season with the marshal who has boba fett's armor that's what makes him so powerful that's why he's able to be the marshal or the sheriff of the town is only because he has that armor because the armor just makes them incredibly powerful because it's basically bulletproof it's today's equivalent of having a fully bulletproof suit of armor you know and nothing can break through and if you had that in a, in a town like that you would obviously be king of the town and that's kind of what mando is everywhere he goes he's like a superhuman superhero because nobody can get through this armor so he can basically just shoot people up and take over towns yeah also he's highly trained too which helps sure so then add that on to the fact <laughs> you know he's yeah, also highly like trained super soldier yeah you know it's very cool yeah so that was cool um oh oh she directs him vision not a throwback at the end of this episode um well towards the middle of the episode you see the owl we're talking about and that's another Clone Wars throw-in. Um, there's like a, a branch of the Clone Wars where Anakin, Ahsoka, and Obi-Wan go to this planet and they meet these ancient Force people beings. And then one of them turns into the owl. That's a long story short. <laughs> one of them's the owl. And so you yeah, get to... She kind of dies, but not really. And she kind of sort of becomes like the owl, which follows around Ahsoka as like Ahsoka. So each... So what happened is there was like two there was like a daughter and a son of like this uh, force being essentially and one of them represented the light one of them represented the dark and the dark one kind of pulled with anakin a lot and was like kind of a, a parallel to anakin in his future and the light one was which at the time we we learned that it kind of more paralleled with ahsoka and ahsoka's future and so that one kind of became her like bowel was like her animal and it now it follows her around it's kind of like a little spirit animal that follows ahsoka around which is kind of cool you should totally go back and check those out there's so many like parallels to like those episodes and the future of star wars and what happens in like underlying themes and things yeah and um in that little story arc in the clone wars you also see qui-gon again qui-gon comes back and talks to them and also in episode three at the end of episode three yoda communes with qui-gon um at the the live action episode three revenge of the sith qui-gon's in that movie too um so then we see it might have been a deleted scene though 
But I technically, yeah. Um, no, yeah, so the deleted scene, I think you actually hear his voice. In the actual movie, Yoda still says he talked to Obi-Wan's old master. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah he yeah. says. So you may not hear Qui-Gon's voice, but you do. And if you want to see him communing with Qui-Gon, you can go to season seven <clears throat> of The Clone Wars when Yoda actually uh, goes off on a, a, a Force-being journey where he uh, more forced creatures and Qui-Gon actually shows him how to come back as like a force ghost. Too. I believe he goes to Korriban or another Sith homeworld that's not Korriban. At one point but... he does go to Korriban on his journey, yes. And he fights like these Sith people stuff, yeah. So that's kind of a cool story arc too. That's the last season you're saying of uh, Clone Wars. It's, yeah, well it's it's season 7 which we used to be called, and then I think they came back recently and just did a new season so this With just like, Ahsoka. Back. So it was yeah, so they did like a Yoda... Yeah wrap-up season and then they came back and well, surprised us again just a lot of random things and there's like a yoda arc that's like three episodes or something in that within that season that you should totally check out it's amazing it's really good about like bringing balance to the force and really helps you understand a lot of what happens in episode six at the end mm-hmm. with all the jedi coming back and talking to her and in helping her helping ray the end of episode nine sorry yep okay, okay i got another one for you you're gonna get you excited you ready you might not have caught it First off, uh, before I get to that, I, I keep going backwards here, but we learned Baby Yoda's name is Grogu. Groga, Grogu, yeah, something like that. So Very that's cool. cool. All right, next thing. So we hear the planet Tython. That's the Jedi planet that they're going to to put Baby Yoda on the rock. Zeke, does Tython ring any bells? course star wars the old republic online series that is the the online video game the big mmo star wars the old republic big that MMO, is which you can still play right now if you, you want can to go to tython and you can be a jedi and train as a jedi and see the whole beautiful planet so it's amazing it's absolutely amazing it's, i recommend highly recommend if you've never played it in your star wars fan totally go back and check it out the first you start off on tython if you pick a jedi and um so just start off on tython you can play through the first chapter which is all on tython and it's amazing and then you could just stop after that if you wanted. It's all free content. That that storyline is free. Huge plug. Very cool. Yeah. Love it. Python. So it's it's basically just a where there's a Jedi temple that it's for training um young Jedi. It's and, super cool. It's one of the best planets in the game, and you can also see Korriban in that game. So yeah, you can see. Like- it's kind of like if the Jedi Temple on Coruscant was just on another planet at the time, and it was at that time. It was on Tython for various reasons. Very cool. There's a council and everything. Yep. So that's awesome. So th- th- that's exciting. We get to go see Tython, see what it looks like these days. There's also a comic book series on Tython, which goes even further back than Star Wars Old Republic, back to when the first Jedi, um, how they got their name and all of that. And that was written in recent years as well. Oh, is that on Tython, that comic series? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. I should go check that out. Yep, I, I just threw them all out. I had all of them, and I moved houses, and I was like, I don't need these. They're getting beat up anyway, so I chucked all the comics, but I had them all. Um, those were interesting, too. So I think that about wraps us up. We've, we It was kind of cool we got to go really in-depth on some of these episodes, but it was mostly just um, things we know and things we've noticed. And... A run-through and us gushing about the things that stuck out to us and mattered a lot to us. Right, right. So I guess I'll wrap it up with your overall feeling for this. Um, like, you don't have to rate it out of 10, but where does this fall in line with Star Wars movies, more recent ones, older ones, video games? How much do you like The Mandalorian? I, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, mainly, partially, it's definitely ranked pretty high up there, and a lot of that is just due to the fact that they're they're bringing in so much from, you know, 
the old expanded universe and other eras and like the Tython and the Clone Wars references and the Mandalorian references and just really pulling it all well, but also making it really enjoyable to watch. Like this this last episode, I, I just finished watching it before I came on the podcast and it was just like, oh my gosh, it was just so much, so fun and felt so good watching Ahsoka run around and slice people up just like in live action. It was just like, oh, it's incredible. And like the, the duel at the end and oh, it's just so well made the crate dragon scene i think was amazing and then the mandal when the, the mandalorian episode where they're flying around on jetpacks and just doing stuff in life i mean oh so it's just it feels so good and feels so fun i'm i'm loving it i'm really loving it yeah there's some awesome stuff there. i i like it as a whole i think it's one of the one of the best things that disney's come up with so far for for star wars um i i might be on the un, unpopular side of this opinion or the the minority of this opinion but I actually really like the new movies they did a lot, and I don't have any problems with them. Um, so I can't say that I like Mandalorian better than them, but I definitely like it equivalent to them, and I think Mandalorian is more successful than they are. Um, I'm also a pretty big fan of the, the new movies. I, I, so, But I, I do think it's the most successful thing they've done. I can say that. Um, and it's definitely worth all the hype and stuff, because it's just entertaining, fun, and it's definitely fresh. So Yeah, it's hard for me to... It's hard, it's hard to rank them, and I don't like to do it, because for similar reasons but i do really did also enjoy the 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 new i think they're calling them the prequel series um i like what they did i think if you go back and you watch the clone wars or just some of the clone wars and some of the rebels stuff and like some key episodes of things it really it's really cool how they tie all that in i think and bring that around and like the episode we just talked about with the force with the owl and the force beings really helps you understand this skywalker arc that they that they ended up wrapping up at the end of episode nine like they really did it they really focused on the skywalker arc and like there's other arc like other stories and things around star wars that they're they're starting to get into now with like the mandalorian and you know solo and rogue one that are a little bit more just that, that introduce characters and things and other story arcs but like the skywalker saga i think I thought they did a, a good job with, and it, it really wraps up, I think, that storyline pretty Yeah, well. I'm glad with the direction they're going, making stuff that's not related to the Skywalker saga, because that thing kind of had an opening and a close and ending, a start yeah, and ending. I don't I need to see more good. of that. So Yeah, I think that's good. That like it, it, It's its own thing, but there's all this other stuff in Star Wars that you can also enjoy, and you don't have to have all the connections. You know what I mean? But like if you have some of them, it just enhances it, I think. Yeah, yeah. Solo, the Solo movie, I enjoyed a lot. That was an awesome spinoff, and that's why I always tell people you don't need to know anything about Star Wars. You can just go watch this movie, and it's good. I love. It. I thought that that one also got a bad rap, only because it didn't make as much money as the other ones. But like, it was such an amazing movie. They did a really good job with it. Love it. Enjoyed it. I think it would have done better if they'd done it after the Mandalorian show came out. They, Maybe, the world yeah. was not ready for more Star Wars. That was. I want to see more in that storyline, whether it's Solo or whether it's Lando or whether it's. I want to see more with the gangsters and like Darth Maul and the the underworld and the crime crime lords and stuff like that. Which you get a lot. You also get a hint of that in the Clone Wars. That's a what's a, that's actually a theme that like the Clone Wars and the Rebels have like like little storylines that they'll 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 bring in and they'll follow around and one of them is like the crime underlord world that is prominent in, in a lot of that stuff yeah which is also prominent in some books and things that you've seen and it's cool because like if you want to get more into those things you can but you don't have to you know it's like if you're really into one aspect like the crime lord you can go read some books and read some 
or watch some shows that like gives you a lot more into that. And I want, I hope they explore more of that in the movies in a, a lot in a more of that in that time era of like between the prequels and the original trilogy. Yeah, they have a lot of space to play with. No they pun do. intended. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, they definitely have. They can go anywhere with this, so it's going to be good. So lots of rumors, lots of cool stuff. I guess as things go on, we'll never miss a Star Wars news topic. We never do. So, um, and yeah, well, I guess that wraps up, that wraps up today's episode. Let's, let's stop it there. Um, and tune in next week. We're going to be talking video games again. And then, uh, next month we'll make sure to jump back to Mandalorian and tie this up. So thank you for joining me today, Zeke. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Yeah, it was fun. All right. And, uh, I guess we'll see you guys next time. Peace out. Uh...